All right, everybody out there uh, listening in to the Knock Soccer Podcast. Uh, this is Brian and Patty here giving you uh, the post game for the first ever one Knoxville SC match. Patty, can you describe our, our surroundings right now? Uh, we're in my car. Uh, so we're going to call these car takes. Uh, I, I drive a Subaru Impreza, nice silver. Um, crack the window so no AC to give you the best sound. Uh, but yeah, we're going to give you uh, the lowdown um, right after the match, each and every home home match. Uh, and so, Brian, uh, lay it on us. What happened tonight? So uh, I'll cut to the chase. I won't bury the lead, Patty. But uh, we saw Knoxville fall to Asheville 2-1. to one. Uh, Asheville went up early in the sixth minute off a counterattack, low cross across the 18. Uh, player comes in and just puts it away inside the six. Um, really, a, a, a really um, straightforward goal to score. Uh, one Knoxville is pressing from the get-go, uh, attacking really high up the field, sending their win- wing backs up high. So at some points, it looks like they're playing with you know four to five forwards. Uh, they equalize in the 21st minute. Uh, the first ever goal uh, for One Knoxville, scored by Max McNulty, the Englishman, off of a corner kick play. Uh, James E. Thomas, club captain, sent it in. McNulty buried it. Uh, crowd erupted. And and then um, with all uh, the pressure going in Knoxville's favor, uh, with several incredible Allison-esque, so we're speaking the same day that Liverpool beat Chelsea in in the the FA Cup final and penalty kicks. Uh, some very Allison-esque saves, um, and 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 you know Asheville um, on a play that you would never expect to turn into anything uh, on, on a counter uh, gets a penalty kick off a foul by by Moses Mensa. Um, referee adjudges it to be to be a penalty uh, about the 86 minute and and they put it away. Uh, Peter Swinkle, uh, the goalie guesses the wrong way. Um, and then despite everything that they threw at Asheville's uh, defense in the in the dying minutes of the game, um, they got close once. Zion and uh, hit a ball that everybody in the stands thought was a goal and erupted. Yep. Um, there was another goal that was scored after the, the referee had whistled, uh, for a foul and, and everybody had erupted on that one too. And, and it just, it, it didn't happen. Uh, so, so, so they fell in the first match at Austin East stadium, um, two, one to their South central division rivals. Uh, the first game of the Smoky mountain series, two to one. Uh, let the rivalry begin. I'm still coming off of the high of the match itself. Like I was ready for us to win. Like it, the the pressure was mounting. You can you can feel it in the stands as well as on the field. And just like these, you know, uh, kept attacking, kept going for it, and it just didn't it just didn't produce a result. Um, so yeah, I'm still coming down in <laughs> into this now you know depression. <laughs> um, but to rewind. Um, showing up here, we have a 7.30 um, match start. Uh, I got here at 6.45, and this place was bumping. Like, it was 50% capacity already. Like, that's just, that, it, 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 has, it has felt like this is our 25th season. Like, it was incredible to see so many people show up. And then at, um, at the start of the match, it was, uh, it was packed. Like, uh, there wasn't an empty seat in the house. Brian and I were down, you know, bottom row of the bleachers to get um, the most out of the game. 
Uh, Asheville City's uh, numbers were hard to see, <laughs> so that's why we adjusted. But it was incredible. Uh, we woke up this morning uh, feeling electric, and it was very much electric in the stadium the whole entire time, even into the second half. The scruffs leading the charge of just keeping this crowd in it uh, is very attentive crowd. It felt awesome to have a first match. Uh, very unfortunate that the match uh, didn't go our way. Um, but Brian, yeah, how how to feel for you? So uh, the atmosphere you described is right on point, Patty. You know, I showed up with my family today, so I had my wife and my my daughter, my son, and we came. We we got some food. Um, they had food trucks lined up outside of Austin East. Um, I had some Ghanaian jollof, uh, which I'd never had before. I was used to Nigerian jollof. I was told Ghanaian's the original and it was, um, delicious. Um, and you know, then we set up, we were watching the players warm up. Uh, one Knoxville dressed 18 players uh, today. Uh, so there were many players who you may have seen in the friendly. If you, if you watch the web, web school of Knoxville friendly, the inter-squad friendly last week, um, there were many of those players that did not dress, uh, at all. And, and that's not necessarily because, um, they weren't ready to play. Uh, it's because the nature of this league is brutal. Um, one Knoxville is going to turn things around. They're going to play Tri-Cities at Knoxville Catholic on Tuesday. And so you imagine there's going to be a lot of player rotation uh, because the intensity levels were, were super high. I feel like the players uh, responded really well to the fans. And so uh, you had people in the stands jumping, bouncing, singing. Uh, some of those those scruffs chants, I counted uh, over 30 scruffs. Uh, I checked in with Kevin Carnes, who's one of the leaders of the group. He said they had about 40 in the bus coming over from Barley's where they did their pre-match dinner. And uh, they were singing uh, 865, 865, Knoxville till I die. Um, Jamesy Shark, do, 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 I think. Uh, but there's one. That will be ever stuck in her head. How does it go, Brian? Goes, well, it started. He's here. He's there. He's every freaking where. Uh, Buster, Buster, for for the Swedish center back, Buster. Uh, Patty, can you pronounce the Swedish here? Uh, <laughs> Buster Schoesberg. 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 What, what Patty said. And then and then it evolved over time because right. Buster had himself an incredible game. You know, the back line was set up. Finn McRobb, yes. uh, Buster, and Danny Fernandez were the back three. Uh, James Thomas and Moses Benz, Mensa played as wing backs. Um, and they spent most of the game attacking because uh, Asheville really, really stayed inside of its own area. And so, yeah, those back three. And, I mean, they're just big, strong men. Um, you know, uh, got got to everything in the air. And uh, so this, the zombie game, he's here, he's there with golden Swedish hair, Buster. Oh, it's such a beautiful chant. Oh, man, it's great. It's it's definitely stuck in the head, and I, that one's gonna that one's gonna stick. The, the Scruffs tried some other stuff that isn't going to stick, but that one definitely stuck. Uh, that's one that's gonna be really, really good. Uh, just talking about the crowd, we saw everyone there. Everyone was buying new merch, had their jerseys on, but it's like I saw so many other jerseys there. I mean, there was a Leeds United, there was Everton, of course, there was Arsenal. There was even um, a menace jersey, and I chatted with that uh, with that guy, and he's actually from Blairsville, Georgia, where um, Young Harris is, and where uh, Coach is from, and whatnot. And so he supported him when he was at Menace, and so he came up for this match and supported him here, and got another jersey. And then we had a USA uh, Pulisic jersey in Orlando City SC. So everyone came out. It wasn't just brand new one knock soccer fans. Uh, it, it the whole soccer community here. And, and one other thing I want to say about the crowd, I did hear uh, a lot uh, during during game week um, 
about uh, the tickets and about the choice to host the game at Austin East High School. Um, this week, Austin East, uh, they won their district championship. So we know that they're playing a class sub. They're playing class 2A. Uh, they beat Halls 3-1 to claim their district championship. They're playing Carter in regionals. Um, this upcoming Tuesday, the same night, unfortunately, as a one Knoxville a C game. Uh, Coach ne- Netherland was here. We chatted with him a little bit. Uh, and n- any concern that people could have possibly had about hosting a game uh, at a high school, at a high school stadium, uh, at a school like like Austin East, which is a smaller school, wasn't really on anybody's radar until last year. Uh, I think that you could throw those all in the trash can because uh, there, there were thousands, thousands of people here. Um, it was it was bumping. It was electric. Uh, there was cheering and singing and pounding on, on the bleachers. You saw little kids. You saw older folks. Uh, it was like the cornucopia of humanity. The the every Knoxvillian, uh, every shape, size, color, and creed uh, was here, and that was incredible support. And we, I imagine, uh, that we're going to see something similar at Catholic High School on Tuesday, even though. Uh, we know that is that is a, a, a midweek game, and those can be tougher to attend. Um, I think if you haven't come out, you should experience it yourself uh, because it really was something to to take in, especially if you're from the Knoxville area and have only watched high school-level soccer. You've watched some Lady Ball soccer. You've watched some Maribel College soccer. Uh, maybe like this This was a, a real soccer atmosphere, flags uh, and all, even hot dogs, I think I saw at some point. So even the, the American soccer atmosphere, yeah. you had no meat pies. I'm still I'm still hoping we get meat pies at some point. Help me understand this. There was a pizza cone. What's a pizza cone? So you might think that a pizza cone is like a like a gyro, which is what, how we say it in New Jersey, or a hero, uh, where they just have you know pizza and they wrap it up uh, like a sandwich. And that's not what a pizza cone is. A pizza cone is a waffle cone that you would get at uh, Sonic or Cruise Farm ice cream with cheese and sauce inside of it. You determine how how um, delectable uh, that is to you. I I didn't have one. My daughter had one. I think my daughter also ate a snow cone. She had quite the thing going on tonight. I, I'm, I was good with my with my chicken and jollof. Uh, pizza cone guy was very busy. Uh, so we'll, we'll leave it at that. We were able to pull James uh, Thomas aside. Let's go ahead and hear from James. James, you came straight over to the fans afterward to talk to them. Uh, obviously, uh, you've been around this group uh, longer than anybody. Uh, you've played for McKeever longer than anybody. You've had wins and losses. What are your feelings after a really, uh, really tough and really physical uh, match to, to start the club's, uh, the club's journey? Yeah, I mean, obviously it's it's frustrating to lose, um, but that's part of the game we're involved in. You know, we're not gonna win every single game and and be perfect every single time. Sometimes you need to need to have tough games and tough moments so that you can see what you need to work on. And you know, this is going to be a test of our resilience. Now, um, I was hoping it wouldn't come this early. It has, and now we deal with it in front of us. It's obviously crushing to to lose at home. The fans were absolutely magnificent. They were fantastic from even before minute one all the way through to minute 90 um, and we need that we need that support because that's that's unbelievable so um, it wasn't meant to be a couple of decisions didn't go our way we're not going to blame the referees you know if we put the chances we have in the goal uh, we go away with a comfortable win there but um, yeah lots to work on obviously the first game of, of many in this club's history um, not the way we wanted to start it but it's football um, and we, we take it we run with it and we learn from it 
So ideally when you play a match like you did where uh, you keep possession of the ball most of the time, uh, you're playing high pressing, sending in a lot of crosses, mm -hmm. uh, you, you get more goals than you got tonight. You did get the first goal in the club's history with Mac, Max McNulty mm -hmm. heading in the ball off, off your cross. Um, is, is that something that you've worked on, getting that ball to the, the forwards or the center backs when you get those crossing, centering opportunities and, mm -hmm. and um, having them put it away traditional football there right you know get ahead to a cross and score it yeah I mean we we want to score goals lots of different ways we want to hurt teams in lots of different ways you know and I think you can see that from the personnel we've got in the field we've got smaller guys that are technical um, we've got bigger guys that can go and win those physical battles um, and that's where we've got the goal from tonight so um, yeah we just want to create lots of chances which we have done um, we've just got to be better at sticking the ball in the net so but that will come that will come Last one. So uh, as a club captain, now you got to go back and, and you talk to the boys and uh, you give them a message. Uh, you have two and a half days uh, before the next home match here, also in Knoxville, Knoxville Catholic. Um, what do you say uh, to the team, to the individual players? Uh, uh, what what do you say to them tonight? Yeah, well, the, the talking's already already been done um, and they know my opinions on it. Look, it's obviously crushing to lose like that, but um, it's one game of football in a, in a season of 14 games. So... Um, we have to look at it tonight, let it sting tonight, but don't let it set in. As soon as that sun comes up tomorrow, we're focused on Tuesday. And that's the message from the gaffer, that's the message from me, that's the message from everyone that, that wants to ultimately win this division, which is what we're here to do. Um, so, yeah, let it hurt tonight, um, soak it in, and then as soon as the sun comes up, it's done. There's nothing we can do about it now, and we roll on to Tuesday. Thank you, Jamesy. Let's go ahead and hear from the coach. Coach, can you tell me how you set up the team to play uh, today? Yeah, we went to score goals, and uh, unfortunately we made the chances, but couldn't put the ball in the back of the net. Probably their keeper gives man of the match, um, probably just ahead of the referee. So <laughs> uh, we, we've, we, we felt there was a lot of disjustice out there with some of the decisions, but that's, that's soccer. I hopefully goes back and reflects on it and uh, sees the mistakes that he made. At least to me, there were mistakes, but uh, team played well. Energy was high. Um, we got the ball in good areas. Um, I think we've had eight shots and goal from crosses, and we've had three one versus ones with a, with a goalkeeper. Got to have a wee bit better quality there, finish our chances, and we've got six or seven goals. But their keeper had a worldie. We outpossessed them, we outshot them. We done everything better. Personal battles were better. Outpossessed them, but their keeper had a worldie, and we didn't score the goals. You got to score the goals to win games. They did, we didn't. So you set the team up to attack. The winbacks were high, lots of crosses coming in, lots of opportunities on goal. And, and like you said, uh, missed opportunities because the goalie saved a lot. Um, what do you go in then and adjust for Tuesday's game? Is there anything really to adjust when you consider that the game came down to a penalty kick in the end? Put the ball in the back of the net, score the chances, they don't touch us. You know, like I say, the goalkeepers are the worldy. Fantastic performance. Um, you have, you know, a performance like that every now and again. And so... Fair place to them, credit to them. They, they get away with the victory, but I think uh, probably the field will stole it, hopefully. So uh, we outplayed them, outpossessed them, outshot them. We just didn't provide the quality and needed. Simple as that. Okay. So Max McNulty goes in there and gets first goal in one Knoxville's history. Uh, the crowd was uh, just electric. It, it, the stadium was full today. Um, there's positives to take from the game. Did you see something in the performances from individual players or uh, the chemistry that was forming on the team or the, the way the formation worked uh, that you say, okay, this is something we, we did well and, I, and I'm proud of this? 
The machine was good, it's just not efficient yet and it'll get more and more efficient as we go along. These guys have come together and that's the first 45 minutes ever as a team together. So it was always going to be scrappy, um, but the machine's there. Um, and we showed it, you know, in our personal battles, we were great. In our ball movement, ball manipulation, we were great. I don't know how much we had in percentage, but I would go to say it was probably 55 to 65% possession, maybe even a little bit higher probably into the high 60s. So, you know, shots and goal, we've outshot them by far. Um, I don't recall our keeper making one save. Not, not one save. He handled the balls that were put in towards him, but he's basically just collecting the balls, you know? So it's one of those games, it's, it's soccer, unfortunately. Uh, we see it time and time again at the higher level where team has a little bit of possession. They get a wee bit of a lucky break. And you know, that's football. Credit to, to Asheville, they've done the job, they got away with the points, and we'll see them again in Asheville. In the lead up to Tuesday's match, uh, USL League 2, what some people may not understand about it, is that uh, the roster is not really fully formed by game time on the first game. Uh, so I know you had players coming in as late as last night, you still have players coming in. Um, so uh, what is that squad balance looking like? Uh, who's still to arrive? Uh, are, there, are there things that we're going to see that look different just because of the nature of the, the roster? Yeah, there'll be changes. Guaranteed there'll be changes. Um, don't want to give too much away, but there'll be a lot of changes. And uh, we're going to put our trust in the guys that are in the squad and uh, we're going to have a rotation. And uh, hopefully it's, it's those guys, that, it's their opportunity to step up and, and prove, their, prove their point. So we had uh, more than 30 uh, members of the supporters group here singing and chanting the entire time. Uh, there were thousands of people in, in, in the stand cheering uh, right there in, in the 89th, 90th minute uh, when Zion had that shot that looked like it went and everybody erupted imagining that it had. Um, uh, what do you tell supporters or what's your message to them uh, in the lead up to Tuesday's match, uh, particularly when they came out in, in droves tonight? Yeah, it was a wonderful atmosphere tonight, um, and I can't be more thankful. Um, I think I speak. I think I speak on behalf of my coaching staff and and all the players as well. This was uh, an atmosphere that we we loved, we enjoyed, and we're very very grateful. And we would love to recreate it again on Tuesday evening. So please come and support us. And the doubles are going to going to start coming. We promise. Uh, you know, it didn't. It didn't. We didn't get the rub of the green uh, tonight, but. It'll happen. This this group's too talented not to win football matches, so it's just a matter of when. Hopefully, we can click and choose the night and uh, bring that first W home for the club. All right. Thank you, Mark. Thank you. Just like we heard Mark McKeever, the the head coach, explain, um, you know, Ashley absorbed a lot of pressure uh, tonight, and and it looked like that was their strategy to sit back and counter because one Knoxville was so aggressive. The game was extremely physical from the get go. We saw uh, three yellow cards issued on one Knoxville side. Uh, those cards were for Stephen Afrifa and Seth Antwi, if if I, I believe those were the two that we saw. Um, and there were really hard fouls. I saw James E uh, with his uh, shin guards off, and he you know he had marks and bruises up and down his legs. Um, it was it was a very physical game. In the first half, um, you know, Asheville scored quick, but it was still against a run of play because one Knoxville was pushing so high and keeping possession of the ball. Um, I counted in the second half um, at least three or four shots on goal that uh, in in other games they might have gone in on other nights they might have gone in. Especially Stephen Afrifa, who played as a striker, uh, the the Canadian. He um, had some shots on goal. He had a shot on goal uh, in the 60, 60th minute. Um, 
uh, that that looked like it should have gone in. He had another one in the 80th minute, a curler from outside the 18 uh, that the goalkeeper was just completely outstretched. He got it probably, I, I don't think he clipped his nails this morning and he got it with just like that last little millimeter of his of his, uh, of his his fingernails. Um, Seba Andresen, uh, who did not start, came on in the second half and was a big aerial threat. Obviously, he's a big imposing Norwegian striker, uh, but he actually had a breakaway opportunity at one point, got played in uh, and, and you know, got within the six. Um, he, t- he took a lot of touches going in into the 18 and uh, the goalie, you know, saved, saved the shot from close range. Uh, a lot of fans, I could tell, were expecting that one to go in. But um, Mark McKeever said the goal, the goalkeeper had a worldie, and and he really did have an outstanding game throughout the first and second half. It was much more visible in the second half, as you saw Ashville really, really hang back uh, and wait for counterattacking opportunities. It's so strange that that second goal, you know, the penalty kick, it, it was a counterattack in a sense, but the the player wasn't really going anywhere. They uh, left a one striker at times. Um, sometimes it didn't even look like they had a striker up top. Uh, and, you know, um, Moses Mensah got called for a foul inside the box. And and that's what led to the 2-1 victory. Um, a lot of fans were unhappy with the, the quality of the refereeing. Um, we did see um, some decisions that we're dubious, you know, like, uh, I think if we had VAR, uh, some might've been, some might've been, some might've been checked on VAR tonight, you know, and we'll, but we don't have that, right. This is USL two. We don't have access to that technology yet. Um, and so I think that there were definitely criticisms that are, that are going to be lever- levied toward the, the referee. Um, I think that, uh, sometimes you just have these games where you can dominate possession, dominate shots on goal and, and look more threatening. Uh, but, for one reason or another, it's just it's just not your night, Patty. Uh, based on what you've seen from the fans, you know we we have talked um, to people in and around the club about the hype, um, one Knoxville's the one Knoxville's gotten, and whether that's affecting the players, whether they're feeling that pressure. Um, do you feel like if if you had been on the field with everything that was happening, uh, that pressure might have been might have been affecting you? Uh, do you think do you think that might have been one of the factors tonight? I definitely think so. I think the players really wanted it, wanted to uh, please the fans and and go out there, and so they were definitely yeah they were definitely stretching themselves. They were putting themselves out there, you know, hundred ten percent. I guess I'm still seeing it as hey, this is our first match. A lot of the team is still getting in. You know, we just haven't had that full gelling of of a time, you know, to really get to know one another and figure out the system. And I would definitely say that the the players felt it and definitely wanted to go out and please the fans. And and they they surely tried. And we're going to be here on Tuesday. <laughs> we're going to be here for the rest of the the matches. Uh, so, boys, if you're listening to this, all right, let's go Tuesday. Like, let's uh, let's keep moving. One down, thirteen to go. All right. So this is the end of our car take of the inaugural match of one Knoxville SC against Asheville City. Asheville two. One Knox one. Next match is going to be Tuesday at Knoxville Catholic against Tri-City Otters. Brian and I will be there at the match. Be sure to come by and say hey and hi, and we'll try to uh, get some more people on the pod during halftime. So uh, wave us down, and uh, you might be on the pod. All right, Brian, we're going to wrap it up here at the inaugural match. Uh, yeah, what are your final thoughts for yeah this match? So One Knox will play a style of soccer that is going to be really exciting to fans, whether they win, tie, or lose. Uh, tonight we had a loss, but it wasn't for lack of passion or desire um, or effort. The players gave everything tonight. Um, and I just want to remind fans out there, um, this is something we've been 
we've been needing. This is something we've been pleading for in many cases for a really long time. Um, so I, I hope the fact that, that this didn't start off, this journey didn't start off with, with a victory, um, doesn't discourage anybody from, from hopping on board because this is something that is benefiting our city. The proceeds from tonight's match went to Austin East high school. You had communities from all across the city coming together, uh, for this thing soccer that people still tell us is not meant to be here that people still tell us is not meant to be in america it's not meant to be in the south and we're seeing it the south uh three of the four top attendances for mls matches so far this season are in charlotte nashville atlanta um this sport is meant to be in knoxville one knoxville is meant to be here they're bringing our community together um so so come out um continue to show your support uh continue to show your love to um gaffer mark mckeever to james thomas the player scruffs uh keep making your songs we are going to keep following along with the journey and what i know as a storyteller uh is that there is no um there's no story that doesn't have obstacles that you overcome like Coach McKeever said, sometimes you don't expect those obstacles or, the, or those hurdles to come as early in the season, but now we've got them. We've got them out of the way. Um, so I, I'm really excited for Tuesday, uh, and I hope uh, many of you are too. Patty, can you tell the people who our first official sponsor is? Yes, it is Marksman Jewelers. We actually saw Jeff Markman in the crowd with his family. Wonderful running into him. So um, Jeff, who is an Arsenal supporter, just like Patty. Uh, great guy, great supporter of soccer in the city. Markman's is a proud sponsor of the Knox Soccer Podcast and One Knoxville SC. Located at 6932 Kingston Pike, Markman's has been Knoxville's choice for diamonds and fine jewelry since 1976. You can visit them at markmansdiamonds.com. That's markmansdiamonds.com. And I know Patty... Uh, when I made a big mistake, like forgetting my wife's birthday once or twice, just once or twice, Patty, uh, Markman's is the, the minimum standard expectation uh, that I have. Uh, so uh, thank you, Jeff. Thank you to the Markman's family. Um, show them some love. And uh, Patty, we're still looking for sponsors for the podcast too, right? Right. Yeah, we're still looking for sponsors. So um, thank you very much for Marksman for sponsoring us. And we have uh, a couple other slots for um, sponsorship. So if you'd like to sponsor us, please uh, drop us a line at knockstalkerpodcast at gmail.com. Also, just follow along with us. Go ahead and subscribe to our newsletter at knockstalkerpodcast.com. Uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter. Brian has already uh, published a recap blog post on there and then... Um, we'll do the same thing after uh, every home match. Blog post the day after, podcast two days after. Uh, yeah, so follow along, and we'll see you guys on Tuesday. Peace. Peace. Peace.